0: In Asian culture, it's it seems to be weird to talk about yourself all the time. And I, I normally really just don't do that. It makes me cringe all the time to talk about myself all the time. And I think you can see that in my past interview. I'm much more self-conscious but i try to act a certain way um but now i it's so natural because I work on it so hard and i'm able to every time i pitch i write down things that i want to tweak i write down the things i think i can go better shorter sweeter um but more impactful um and that is so helpful because anyone that you meet it's a new opportunity and if you're able to pitch that person um to get to know that person for you, for them to want to know you better um, in that short thirty second or fifteen second, it can be really, really impactful.
1: Hey friends, I'm Gloria Chow, small business PR expert, award-winning pitch writer, and your unofficial hype woman. Nothing makes me happier than seeing people get the recognition they deserve. And that starts with feeling more confident to go bigger with your message. So on this podcast, I will share with you the untraditional yet proven strategies for PR, marketing, and creating more opportunity in your business. If you are ready to take control of your narrative and be your most unapologetic and confident self, you're in the right place. This is the Small Business PR Podcast. All right, everyone, I'm so excited to welcome the one and only Sandy Lynn. You might have seen her on Instagram, on TikTok, on all the platforms, but most importantly, she is a friend and valued member of our community. So, Sandy is a content creator. She is an angel investor, a TEDx speaker, multiple time founder. She actually founded her first company at the very young age of just 19 years old. And she's also an incredible member of our PR Starter Pack community. We're going to talk about all the things related to imposter syndrome, pitching yourself when maybe you're the minority in the room, and what it truly takes to show up as your best self. So welcome to the show, Sandy.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I have such a fun time just chatting with you in in general, so I'm very excited for this. I think what's
1: most inspiring about your story is, you know, out of all of the amazing things that you've done, you were kind of an immigrant, like newly Immigrated from Taiwan to the U.S., so you've always occupied rooms where you were the minority, whether it's non-native English speaker or the youngest person in the room. So my first question is, how did you overcome that imposter syndrome and fear of you know not feeling ready to do something?
0: Yeah, um, I feel like I'm still having that imposter syndrome, um, even being in the industry for a bit now and being talking to. A so many amazing, really cool people, I don't think that you truly are able to shake off that imposter syndrome, but you're able to kind of understand of how to you um, successfully really over- overcome it when that surge of feeling comes up. Um, and it, when I was 19, one of the biggest imposter syndrome is that I'm only 19, right? I'm so young and I have no one that I know in this industry and how can I navigate this water? Um, and for me is that if you wait, you're just going to spend all your life waiting. And there's never really that perfect moment where everyone's like, oh, you kind of just have to wait before you to graduate, have some experience. Then you start a company. What I love about nowadays, like social media, and there's so much more information now to tell you that, hey, you don't necessarily have to wait. Um, and that should give you the confidence, right? So there's so many people out there that are doing it. They're probably not better than you. If anything, they're literally exactly the same. And all you got to do is really understand that if not now, then when? And you never know what you're going to run into. You can't predict the future. No one predicted COVID, nothing like that. Um, So just start doing it. And when you find a problem, just fix it. There's nothing else to it.
1: I love that so much. I think so many of us go through our lives thinking that we have infinite amounts of time and there's only a scarcity of money when it's really the opposite, right? You always have a way to make money, but time is something that is so precious. I love that even at 19, you rolled up your sleeves and you started gaining the experience as an entrepreneur that I only gained in my mid-30s. So when I first met you years ago, I was like, man, I wish I did what you did at age 19 instead of following the traditional path because I could have learned so much, right? I'm learning that now in my 30s. So um, I'm so proud of you, honestly. And also we're recording this, it's AAPI month. So all of the things, I love it. So another thing is I want to know what kind of media features you've landed. This is the Small Business PR Podcast. Can you just name some of the media outlets and organic PR wins that you've achieved?
0: Yeah, so well, I've I've le- I- I honestly don't keep track that much because mostly people do come to like come to me either podcast and things like that um more notable one um I was in well, TEDx and I was able to be very fortunate to talk to a bunch of really young people and try to inspire them um influenced um influenced tea I don't even know the name anymore um and the other couple ones I and then I I believe Fox News. I was also on there. I was um, on the news segment alongside other TikTok content creator, but yeah.
1: That's awesome. So I know that now you're a content creator, you have a huge following on social media, but you also pitched some of those, right? Whether it's using the CPR method or just using your own methods. So can you talk a little bit about the lessons you've learned about doing your own PR? Because I think a lot of people think You either need to hire an agency to do it for you or you need to be a multi-million dollar VC-backed company in order to secure those opportunities.
0: Yeah, I think that um, building up relationship and having that right initial opening line of pitch, it's really, really important. Um, Initially, like think of like, Reported, only one really great story, right? You have to be a great storyteller to sell your stories and no one know better than yourself. And how I was able to do that is really crafting together your story in the right sense. Um, how, what makes you special? And every single one of us are very, very special. And the things that we're do, doing are different than anyone else out there. And you just got to pinpoint that, okay, what is the the selling point of your entire story or entire life right and really opening up with that and be personal um i know it's kind of annoying to kind of personalize things um but i found that really really helpful and when i do my research onto the reporter that i'm trying to land i do their research i go onto their twitter I think Twitter and LinkedIn are the best, best place for any type of connection for, um, for a reporter, anyone in the industry. Um, they don't go on to Instagram. They don't go on to TikTok. They live in LinkedIn and Twitter um, and being able to utilize that space and understanding, OK, what do they actually talk about? Read their article as well. So you can mention that inside of your email or your pitch on your LinkedIn or DMs or anywhere like that.
1: So you've also pitched – so you send DMs. Obviously, I teach this in my starter pack. What do you – so what is the cadence? Like, do you send an email on, let's say, a Monday, and then you follow up on LinkedIn and Twitter the same week, or how does that follow-up work?
0: Yeah, um, so I – I like to actually open up on social media. Um, I think my okay. my my method is a little different because I I do have a following on social media, so that does yeah. help me get get more credential in that sense. Um, so I, I found that for me it's easier. But from my perspective, well, from what I've heard from other founder friends, it seems to be like okay, you send the email and you follow up on um, DM. But I think everyone has quite a different kind of um approach my approach is really sending that dms and initial credential uh and also simultaneously i'll shoot them an email as well (laughs) but yeah
1: yeah i think the i think now when everyone is staying at home your shot at just getting into someone's inbox is just as good as the next person because no one's really doing these networking events so i love that you use the power of social media that's obviously how you created your brand as well um I I love what you said about using LinkedIn and Twitter. And another thing is from the times that you've pitched, obviously, you've gotten so much better because you've, you know, every time you pitch, you're improving. What have you learned about the DM or the email, whether it's subject line or um, whether it's formatting or spacing or timing? Can you give us some hacks or tips that's really worked for you?
0: Yeah, I think the subject line, especially if you're on emails, it's super important um, being able to capture that attention. Don't just be like, hey, Sandy or like pet brands and then PR or something like that. Like, they, they probably receive tons of that. Capture yeah. their attention, right? So like you have a unique selling point and talk about that in a short way on your topic title um and my opening line would always be like kind of give give myself a credential um, and also I immediately jump to um how I get to know their project Um, just because like I think that people want to feel like okay how are you going to benefit me as a reporter so I immediately give them that and I also showcase that I understand what the work that they're doing and then later on, I go and list out, okay, what I do and kind of make it easy for them to see how can they formulate a story based off of like the topic that we talk about. Um, so that's kind of my my strategies. And also keeping it short and sweet is like my method. No one really read like super, super long email anymore. Um, obviously, I think the second email can be a little longer if you guys are trying to get deeper into like detailing, but uh, um, I generally keep it pretty short and sweet and In terms of DM, I kind of follow the same format. I just make it um, shorter and sweeter, and that's it.
1: I love that. I always say, and I I know you know this because we've been on many different talks, is it takes a lot more skill and effort to say something in a shorter amount of sentences because it means that you've actually honed your pitch. You've actually worked on it. A lot of times when I'm working with founders, their first stab at the draft is really long. But trust me, and, and I know you know this, is... Knowing your elevator pitch, right? That is probably the 20% of activities that's gonna cost 80% of your growth, right? If you know how to pitch, you know how to get someone's attention immediately. I don't care if it's for a podcast or media opportunity, but even for partnerships, it's so important. So for anyone that's listening, you know, don't think that this is something that you can just put off to the side. Like you need to practice your pitch today. And you were able to practice it even before you fully launch, right? So can you talk to me about timing? Because I think a lot of founders think, well, I'm still not sure about my product or I'm in stealth mode. I'm not ready to pitch my website. So all of these like what ifs. Um, how did you decide when it was the right time to pitch?
0: I, feel, uh, I always can pitch earlier um, than I expected. So you can, can get that practice. Um, I have a strategy where I, I list out a, a a list of like people that I do want to pitch and um, whether that be investor, whether that be a reporter, anyone that I'm trying to get onto list. Um, the first few, um, maybe a month before or two months before I will pitch to the ones that can, it doesn't really matter if I get onto their radar or not to practice my pitch and see how much I get. And then I get better throughout the times um, and throughout the times um, the pitch get more important because that those people are the more important people that I I hate that word more important, but like more relevant to my market people that I want to pitch in, um, and um, so that that's kind of my the way that I kind of strategize, strategize strategize everything. But wait, I kind of forgot your initial questions. I kind of went on a tangent.
1: Well, I ju- I just love talking to you, so I could talk about any of this all day. But let's let's pivot a little bit more because I know you talked about Instagram and video content, right? What if someone makes like a body butter or a skincare cream? Can you just forward like a reel or something like that to the journalist in the DM so they can visually see the product that you're making or you, you don't do that?
0: I would give them a I don't do that I I, I don't do that. Um, I, I'll give them an opening um, my initial pitch mm-hmm. and then get the conversation starting and then I'll do that because they will for sure go onto your page and check um and yeah. it, it's a habit right so like when when they do open your inbox in like intent like innately like people will check, who you are onto your profile and they will see what you're doing on your reels. Um, but obviously if you are pitching on a email and you're linking something, I think it would be really beneficial to link a popular reels or popular photos that you have created on social media to kind of establish that credential.
1: Yeah, I agree. I always believe in hyperlinks because when you put attachments, it can trigger their spam filter. And I do agree that it's it's about using the platform that they're on. So a lot of the hard news, you know, the hard news journalists, they do use LinkedIn and Twitter, but for a lot of the um, lifestyle and beauty journalists, Instagram actually is kind of where they are. Obviously, you want to do your research, like you said. Uh, another thing is, let's say you pitch to somebody, right? And they said, okay, they're interested but then it kind of goes nowhere. How do you kind of keep fostering that so that you actually get the interview so that it can get published?
0: Uh, follow up, don't be afraid to follow up. Um, it, cause these people are so busy. Like it, it makes sense that they fall off and it'll make no sense if they don't fall off <laughs> to be honest um, cause they didn't come to you, right? So do um, so follow up all the time. And I actually use really, this really, really cool tool called Superhuman that I recently just discovered. Um, it's an email tool that helped you um, kind of re- set your reminder on to, OK, when to follow up into this email um, and you can even implement a template and then you can literally just um, automate that or and it kind of help. I don't know how they do it but they kind of help your email not getting to the spam folder so it really helped my email get into people's inbox right away um so setting up those type of automations helped me a lot um on reminding a to follow follow-up as well and getting people to, on their radar or just updating them as well sometimes I'll if people are not interested I'll put them onto a list that I call just like monthly or bi-weekly, bi-monthly update lists. And I'll kind of update them on what I do in general. Um, And sometimes that's how I get more investor and how I get more reporter to want to talk to me.
1: Yeah, I love it. I think having a system is so important. And we're actually migrating the PR Cyberpack Pack database into like a searchable SaaS software. So you'll be able to export like your custom. I know when you joined, it was like, you know, still Excel spreadsheets. But yeah, it's it's definitely it, having a, a follow-up. And it's not rocket science. You literally can schedule send, let's say on a Sunday, batch them, and then send them on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday around eight or nine. So that way you're at the top of their inbox. So that's just a little hack. And make sure that you always, and Sandy, you know this, is have a way to track your open rates so that you know if they're reading it or not, right? A lot of people are like, well, they're not responding. They don't like my pitch. And it's like, well, they haven't even opened it yet. So that's, what, that's where I think the DM is really powerful. And now I know you've done a TED Talk as well. You, you do a lot of speaking. Have you found um, that the same method for pitching media also works for those opportunities?
0: Um, I, I I think it's about the same, but it, um, in terms of speakings, it's really about building that relationship up. Um, and if you're able to get someone in your network that under like can get to this person, I think warm intro in like speaking gigs is even more helpful. Um, but if you are not able to, let's say about the same method, but talk more about your story and selling point. I think that's um even more helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that. So now you have all of these media opportunities. How do you keep them still working for you even after it's published? Like, do you showcase them somewhere? Do you bring them up in an investor meeting? How do you keep making that media keep having that ROI for you?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like you put them on your website, put them on your LinkedIn, um, put them Anywhere you want to put them to showcase your credential, like if you are a business owner um, and you have a landing page, put that on your landing page to show that, hey, like this is not just like a random product, we have a stamp, which is a PR stamp on it. and if you got onto a TV segment or something like that, embed that, send out an email blast about that to notify your followers or repost that clips onto your IG Reels, onto your TikTok somewhere to recycle it. And if you are raising money, that's even better. Um, you're able to put that into your pitch deck and just showcase that, hey, like we have credential and we're just we're, we are a feature somewhere, you know.
1: Yeah. And do you feel like, because now you're raising and you've been a startup founder, do you find that media opportunities, they do help with investor attention?
0: I think that it does with the right publications. um, Mm -hmm. Because of VC, they are more they're more selective, and um, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Like sometimes they they do care, and sometimes it doesn't care. If you are able to get onto like Forbes or Business Insiders, um, TEDx, or something like that, that can really help you showcase your credential. Um, that high profile, like top tier media, then that really help.
1: How has how has pitching the media and getting interviewed help you? clarify your own narrative and your own message
0: oh my god it helped me so much i it helped it actually took me a while to hone in my own pitch my own elevator pitch and my own pitch deck like how to formulate that entirely because i think i come from a background of like immigrants and um in asian culture it's it seems to be weird to talk about yourself all the Mm -hmm. time and I, I normally really just don't do that. It made me cringe all the time to talk about myself all the time. And I think you can see that in my past interview, I'm, much more self-conscious, but I try to act a certain way. Um, but now I it's so natural because the work on it is so hard. And I'm able to every time I pitch, I write down things that I want to tweak, and write down the things I think I can go better, shorter, sweeter, um, but more impactful. Um, and that is so helpful because anyone that you meet, it's a new opportunity. And if you're able to pitch that person, um, to get to know that person for you, for them to want to know you better, um, in that short 30 second or 15 second, it can be really, really impactful.
1: I love that so much. So tell me a little bit now the sand, you know, obviously we met a few years ago. Now you found a different company. Where are you now in terms of like the, like the stories that you want to tell about yourself, right? Like, so what, what kind of opportunities are you pitching and what do you want to highlight?
0: Yeah. Um, In general, I want to highlight that um, this is if I'm not pitching my company, I'm just pitching myself. This will be something that I want to highlight. Um, If there's no way that you so everyone can do everything that they want. I think that's so tacky and it's so overdone and oversaid. But I really do feel that in the way that I've seen so many people at different stages in their career and even the software engineer in Google, they have so much in, like experience that you wouldn't even believe. They're doubting themselves, and they think that they are able becoming a several founders. And being able to see that, I'm like, wow, that's crazy because you have so much experience, but you just don't understand it. And I want to position myself in helping people to discover that potential and also overcoming the the fear of, uh, potentially imposter syndromes and being an imposter because that's something that I feel really, really deeply in. Um, but yeah,
1: I I love that so much that you are such a ray of light, making other people's light shine brighter. So thank you for thank you for being here. Um, we're wrapping up now. Do you want? Is there any last thought you want to leave our audience with?
0: Um, I would say utilize your story. Everyone has a story, and you if you don't think you have one, find the story because every single one have that unique wow factor. And if you're able to peel down the layer and get authentic and be vulnerable on the internet, everyone are able to tell a, a really great story and capture people's attention.
1: I love that we're gonna have to do another episode about how to really build an audience online. It's something that I struggle with, too, because I realize that reading content on social media is very it's a little bit different than pitching to media so that's where you are the expert so we're gonna have to have you come back and speak with us how can people find you and support you and get into your world
0: yeah um i'm on tiktok instagram twitter linkedin everywhere is by sandy lynn so it's super easy i used to have so many different handles but now i just make it easy
1: Yes, I cannot wait for people to reach out to you and see the amazing content that you create. Thank you for being here, Sandy. Hey, small business hero. Did you know that you can get featured for free on outlets like Forbes, the New York Times, Marie Claire, Pop Sugar, and so many more, even if you're not yet launched or if you don't have any connections? That's right. That's why I invite you to watch my PR Secrets Masterclass, where I reveal the exact methods thousands of bootstrapping small businesses use to hack their own PR and go from unknown to being a credible and sought-after industry expert now if you want to land your first press feature get on a podcast secure a VIP speaking gig or just reach out to that very intimidating editor this class will show you exactly how to do it register now at gloriachowpr.com masterclass that's Gloria chow C-H-O-U, pr.com masterclass so you can get featured in 30 days without spending a penny on ads or agencies. Best of all, this is completely free, so get in there and let's get you featured.